Hey friends, welcome back to the Bender Blend Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Bender. This is episode number 43. Uh, we had some special guests on this episode. Thank you to Graham, Alexander, and Noel Fischetti for being here. Um, they're both out of L.A., in the creative world, we got to pick their brains on a number of topics. Uh, thank you also to Karen Grubb, Clint Grubb, and Gabby for being there. We got into deep conversation, and then it came out of that, and just silly shit. You know, kind of the up and downs of the Bender Blend, as we do. All in all, I loved the conversation we had, and we got some good insight, too, of uh, being a creative person in the world today. I think you guys will all enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, just enjoy. Sit back, enjoy. Love you guys. Thanks. Cheers. Okay, now we are recording. And I'm going to stare everybody in the eye, go around the table, be present. Welcome to the Bender Blend episode number 43. 43. Okay. Um, So for listeners that have been regular, we've got some new voices on. Um, Graham Alexander, welcome. Thank you for having me. Noel. What's your last name? Fischetti. Fischetti? Fischetti. Oh, Fischetti. Say it right. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome. Um, and then we've got Karen Grubb. Buenas. The, the, the famous claim. Mrs. Grubby. Mrs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there's Gabby, of course. You can just, everybody can pick yeah. you out. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's what we love. Um, so, Wait, and Clint. You didn't say Clint. Ah, Clint's here. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, bro. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, dude, ace. Dude, ace. I'm sorry. Good but, uh, so, something that's been on my mind lately, and it came up mostly because of, you know, I t- we've taken about a month or two off yeah. almost yeah. of not doing a podcast. And vacation. it was a vacation. It was also, it was, it was my doing. It was just like, I wasn't in that creative space. And you know, as a creative person, we're all, I think we all go through that of like, don't push it. Or at least getting to learn to know that like, if you push it, you might not get the best thing out of it. Because I've done it. I've been like, fucking just go for it and just do it and like stay creative momentum. But it's, if it's not right, it's not right. You know what I mean? Um, and something that came up too, is like, I'm not going to change the name of the podcast, but I had a friend suggest something of like, what a great name would be would be intrinsic and i'm like yeah that's a great that's a great word it's a it you know it means a lot and it's also simple it's like you do something for the sake of doing it and you get value out of it and we've talked about this before about you know doing things that are creative because that's good for you and sometimes you don't think about it like well why do i feel so good when i go draw or when i go do this or when i work on something and it's all it all comes down to that creating and it's like that's the importance of creating and i had a conversation with a friend earlier today and he called me he was like i've got manic energy i need to go create i need to make something i was like do it like if you don't do it he was like my instinct is like to the other alternative is to start drinking and burn it off that way i'm like well i mean that's one way to do it but like i was like why don't you combine the both drink i was like when i feel that way I'm like i'll yeah i'll like cool i want to get a buzz on but it's like fucking bust out the sketch pad and start drawing and put on music and make it make it a thing but um graham i don't you know we've kind of i'm getting to know you more and more but we can talk let's just glaze over because we don't need to dive into your 
Like, what do you do for a living? It's like, just give us a quick synopsis. And no, then, Brianna, no, tell us every goddamn thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but, but tell us, you know, like, because it is a creative field. Right. Um, you know, and, and then if you want to pepper in anything else you do creatively, like, let us know, because that's, that's important. You know, it's... Awesome, yeah. So I work it. for... Uh, take the lead. I work in a creative uh, team... Is primarily in video for a media agency that owns a bunch of other companies. So a lot of what I do is um, cor- is creative work for a corporate agency. So okay. um, there's just a lot of like internal sales, promotional work, social work like that. Um, it's a lot of different type of, of creative work and it is a high volume. So uh, that's a little bit of what I do outside of that. You know, the great, because the, the job is so demanding I have all these other creative endeavors that I want to pursue, and I'm trying to figure out how to uh, find time to do that. So, yeah. Um, yeah that's like make of, your own video, go and 100% do, do original, content. Original content, yeah. and to find the time to do that, because when you work for, you know, if your full-time job is creative and you're doing 10 to 14-hour days for five to six days a week, it's, you're basically burning all of your creative energy. Right. Um, we talk about that a lot of like your cup's full and it's like, I got no time. The older I get, the more I realize that I have to figure out how to uh, refill that cup, mm-hmm. which means to take time off, to, to get far away, um, to come to the Central Coast. Whatever it takes to kind of like refill that cup has become, as I get older, far more important to figure out like, yeah. what's the secret sauce to make that happen? Mm. And that's what we always end up asking here is because we all are kind of in that position of, being creative and sometimes and you know and we we asked Clint because he he was playing in bands touring all the time and it's like he had that perspective too it's like yeah you can play music all the time and then someone asks you to go like do, like play on your own it's like I'm kind of good you know and that is the time away is important and that's kind of you know the reason it's taken me so long to get to this next episode is like I need a little time away to get that you know, I don't want to force it because it's like I know, and it's important to know that. Of like, I gotta, re- I gotta balance some shit out here. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's it, it will be obvious to other people of like oh, that sounded strained or like is that are you okay? You sound tired. Yeah. It's like yeah, I am, and I shouldn't have done it. But it's you know, and that's in the creative stuff. It's like yeah, the balance is huge. On the opposite side of the coin, I think it's difficult to, um, like if you're a perfectionist, oftentimes you won't be creative because you want it to be perfect, which means you don't create, you don't paint, you don't draw, you don't write, because you want it to be in your head exactly, like beautiful, Mm -hmm. when in reality you kind of have to make it a discipline to try to do that every day. So I feel like I'm on the opposite side of the coin of you, Mm -hmm. where I need to make my personal creative uh, endeavors more of a discipline for me. uh, Okay. Because... yeah, because I, I don't do any of them on the side right now. Because right. I let the job, I tell myself it's because of the, my job that I don't do my personal stuff. Right. <clears throat> I don't know. What do you guys think about like that? I mean, I, I, get, I get that. I mean, I, how there's sometimes throughout my day where I, I'll get inspiration, I'll hear a song or something, mm-hmm. and I'll be like, oh, I want to go do that and record that or do something like that. But then when you get home at the end of the day, like you're saying, your cup's empty, your tank's empty, and it's like, the hardest part is just getting out there and sitting down and doing it. But that, you know, if you just you're just not feeling it at at the right time. Yeah, like yeah. the in the last couple of years, the most creative that I've ever felt has been when I've 
taken like a week or two off of work and really gone away from distractions too. It's not just taking the time off of work, but it's also not allowing yourself to get, um, like I think we can distract ourselves whether or not we realize that, where we're like, I just need time away. I just need to relax. And then we get that time and then we fill it with all these things mm. and we're not really allowing our time or ourselves to, to recharge. recharge. Yeah. <laughs> drinks you guys owe each other a coke fuck yeah no, you just swap drinks now. Um, yeah yeah I mean yeah it's uh, you know Karen what do you think <laughs> would you agree that, like do you ever feel that like if you're because I know photography is something oh, that, that you do and it's like absolutely you can get the burnout 100% but that's also tied to social media because the oh, right. photography that I've been doing is directly tied to social media and it's like you do mm. get burnout and it's like am I doing this because I want to be creative or mm. am I doing this because I feel like I need to do this and I have right. to put something out is it really what I what I want to put out or am I putting it out because I feel like I need to be present in like mm. in in their faces you know whereas yeah. like I think we've actually like our last couple of trips have been wonderful because I'm not taking a trip with the mindset of I need to be shooting this for mm. this I need to be like doing this or documenting this and I need to get up at this hour, I need to get, you know, it's like we're on vacation. If I snap a photo, that's cool. Awesome. If I don't, whatever. Like Mm. you really do kind of, yeah. You don't have to get the shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does, there is a fine line between, I don't know, you know. Do you get asked for specific shots? Uh, no, that's actually the beauty of it is I don't. Yes. It's really all the clients that we've ever worked for has entirely been like, you go do you, do what you do because we trust you. We know this is what you do. So you do it and you mm. bring it back to us, which is awesome. But on the other hand, it's like we do some things where it's like I wrap my brain kind of yeah. like, I got to get it. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be this. And it's, yeah. 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 Just ask this guy. Well, yeah. It's like, you know, that perfection thing. And, um, Noel, what do you, you know, let's, let's get into it. You can uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're up to. And, um, so I don't have a job right now. I just closed my business at the end of January. And for me, I would have, what I would have used to say is that I'm not creative, which mm-hmm. like any artist in the room will go, what the fuck? Like, what do you mean you're not creative? And I, I used to be so obsessed with making money that everything I did was systematic. It was never natural. It was never flowing. Okay. It was never organic. Mm-hmm. It was never emotional. And as I got older, I started to realize that I create my life. So in that sense, I am creative. And now that I've grown a little bit more financial freedom, I feel like this little bud, like this tiny seed of creativity is finally starting to sprout. <laughs> you know, the, just the idea of like creating for nothing, like for no the reason. intrinsic value of doing it for its sake. Right. Yeah. Um, I just grew up with a, with really limited resources. So my head was always kind of spinning like yeah. produce, make money. Like if, if you're spending any time doing something that's not going to like make you money, you're wasting your time. Hmm. And now that I'm older and I, I have more resources and I have more time. I mean, right now I don't have a job. I don't even, I don't even have to work right now. Beautiful. Um, Jealous. I, I, I feel it like sprouting. Yeah. It's like the sun is like cracking over the horizon. Yeah. So that's really exciting. I'm hoping that I can move forward with it. Yeah. And then also make that good money. Right. Well, <laughs> and that, yeah. And that, that comes hand in hand too. It's like mm-hmm. we, we all come to that terms of like, can I do this? And make money. And for me, I, and 
I'm curious too. It's like, what was your business before? Like, what did you just close? So I had a creative space in the arts district in downtown LA. And when I got the space, I literally just made money on it by booking it out to other people. Okay. And I made like a tiny profit. Really, I just made like enough to live and mm-hmm. um, find my time, like give my time back to myself. I would I would make $1,000 a day um, and then I could just relax. And I spent a little bit of time with some uh, substances that enhance your creativity. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we're allowed to say. Yeah, uh, you're allowed to say anything here. Of, we're all very familiar with what you're talking about. I'll just Acid? say that. Acid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's I spent a lot of time it's my favorite. <laughs> and I, just, I like to say I've never seen Acid in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I spend, hey, Sky, my daughter Sky is listening. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been microdosing and it's... I feel like it helps me because it's so small. It helps me retain that information. Hmm. It's not like I trip and then I wake up after my right. trip and I'm like, wow, that was fucking crazy what happened. And I like yeah. go back into my robot <clears throat> mode of my life. It's like the microdose helps that information actually be like learned and absorbed yeah. into my psyche. Yeah. Um, so I closed the space because it had a large overhead and I couldn't travel and I was only making so much money. It was kind of just like keeping me alive not really like growing my life Mm -hmm. um and now i've been really interested in finding work online because my passion just like most people is travel like i love to travel and i find that if i work online i don't have to compensate anything right i can just go wherever i want and make money and get basically you know, you don't have to wait until you retire, wait for your two-week vacation. Um, yeah. And the more time I spend outside of work, the more I realize that it's really important to not just spend your life, like, in this vacuum of producing yeah. to survive and all the time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's... And we're also in that, you know, our parents' generation and all that. It's like... And I'm curious, too, like, what you're... Growing up, it's like there obviously was something that you grew up in a situation of like, like you got to get yourself out of something, you know. And yeah. I'm sensing that that yeah. it's like you you kind of grew mm-hmm. up in a in a in a hard place or something maybe that. Yeah, I'm from am Detroit. Am I right? Or, okay, <laughs> I'm from Detroit, blue collar. Yeah. Um, you know, the economy was the worst that mm-hmm. it could be in the United States, and it, the energy of that like flew like flowed throughout everybody's lives and it was always Mm -hmm. that every resource is so precious right and you can't fuck around or you're going to be homeless or worse yeah um so i i kind of was programmed that way to think like be almost in this fear mode all the time about producing um and now luckily i've grown out of it but that took a lot of personal work too i mean now i'm in la i was in the arts district like i've grown really far from where i came from and i'm going to continue to keep going so it it kind of feels like a weird like bad dream (laughs) of a past life somehow like a past life memory um that's a unique perspective i think you know coming from you know i look at my background i'm like i'm lucky that i had you know I guess I had the resource there, but it didn't occur to me that that I could use it as like, oh yeah, that could be a thing I do, um, which kills me because it's like now this generation, it's like it's encouraged that you, oh yeah, you can go be a creator, mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's like, I think all of us, like, in the, I think Clint, you know, Clint and I, and we're all in the, a little older than you guys, mm. I'm just assuming. <clears throat> but it's like, w- there's something that happens of, like, nobody told me when I was in high school, like, oh, yeah, you want to make funny videos and shit, and you can get paid for it? Totally. You can go viral on YouTube <laughs> like, and be, like, a that wasn't a thing. at 25. It wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of like, you should probably go to school, and you should probably get an education and do this. And it was like... Traditional. I And it was. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I'm a, I am like to say I'm a late bloomer in the creative aspect of... I always had it in me. And I was like, I like doing this. But, you know, it took me to the age of 30 to realize, like, oh, yeah, painting is really fun and, like... I'm not, I'm not half bad at it, and it's like, all right, I'm a late bloom. I'm, and I, <laughs> I think of that in a lot of ways of like, the importance of things of like, you know, because that's just, it. Just seems the natural progression of a lot of creative people is like the realization. Some and you know, on your end, it's you've got a different perspective. It's like you, you fucking worked your ass off, because that's what you you had to do. It was like you got to go, go, go make it happen and now you're having the time to be like oh yeah there's value in the creation process like Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I was even it's an interesting in my situation I was even encouraged not to go to school because it was too expensive yeah like Mm -hmm. when I graduated um I remember when I graduated high school my sisters didn't graduate and people were like where are you going to college and my mom was like she's not going to college like she was like Mm -hmm. oh my god all that money like how did that ever happen wow um, and I didn't go, and I actually don't regret it at all now, which, because we all know why, I would, like, never have gotten through my student loans. But at the time, I thought I was never going, like, never going to get any kind of decent pay because I didn't have a degree. Mm-hmm. And now everyone I talk to is like, dude, I don't fucking use my degree for anything. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. I know yeah. plenty of people that, you know, they went to school. Like, I have a good friend. I'm not going to name him because... Sorry, Greg. Um, <laughs> he got his master's from a very, it's DU, and it was like, that's a prestigious school, and it's a, that's eight years of his life. Mm. And he was like, oh, no, I don't <laughs> need to. He got his master's in uh, uh, accounting, and like he's a smart dude, but he's like, I want to go learn to ski and fucking run ski shops and shit. That's what he does now? Yeah. So it's like, and he's like, yeah. I get phone calls every day like, hey, you know, you know, you owe us a lot of money. He's like, yeah, 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 I'll get to that. But it's like, you know, that it, it comes late. It's that late realization of like, you know, and, and I, I, I count myself blessed because I did go to I started going to college and seeking that like, you know, being told like this is what you need to go do. And if, and I'm this is just me. You know, I don't want a blanket statement like college is bullshit because it does work for some people if you use it correctly I think if you and I have a and the other example is my friend Bo who went for marketing in music industry and he used every part of his degree he got an internship on pay and it's like that he, he was like I know the steps that are necessary but for me I was like I don't know what I want to do and I still don't people are like what do you want to do and I'm like ah, let me get back to you on that <coughs> Yeah. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I'm, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like, so it comes up a lot, especially when you get into your 30s and mid 30s. People are like, "Well, what do you do?" And I'm like, "Ah, I do this right now." 
mm-hmm. but it's not the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And some sometimes people, and uh, you know, and I'm not saying like everybody reacts this way, but certain people react like, "Oh, you don't have a life plan." And I'm like, "Not, not right now." Mm-hmm. Like I have certain things that I need to look like work towards, but do you feel like people react as if it somehow affects them? They're like, you don't have a life plan? Right. Well, and that's them projecting their fear of like, I'd be freaked out. I'm like, I'm not freaked. Well, now you're freaking me out. You're going to make me think about it. But yeah, there can be that reaction. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that of like, well, what do you do? uh, Let me get back to you. What do you want to, because somebody asked me, what do you want to do? Because, you know, I, it always comes up in conversation and that, and I try not to bitch about my job. Like, I'm not like complaining, like, fuck this and this, but it's like, it's just kind of like, we all, I think we all do this about any work of just like venting and like, yeah, yeah, today was a weird day. And it's like, well, what do you want to do if you didn't do that? I'm like, I don't, oh man. And that's part of my problem as a, I need to narrow my focus, but I'm also like, I don't want to limit myself. It's a, it's a weird Vicious cycle. I think it depends on who the question's coming from, too. Right. <laughs> right. That's the absolutely. Is it, someone that really, is it someone that you care to explain it to? Mm. Or is it like when we're passing through customs, he's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a fucking winemaker. That's one, which like is pretty, one, pretty cool one to say. One 24th of my I job know, that is, really cool. is the actual winemaking process. Other than that, I run a tasting room. Well, I pour wine for people. I sell wine. And what, and, and what I love and... You know, <laughs> this is gonna make me sound like an old curmudgeon-y dude, but <laughs> like because there's not does. just for saying that word either. Curmudgeon-y. Um, curmudgeon-y. but in this time, you know that we're going through, like the online presence is. A lot of people see that as that's who you are, is like all your pictures and what you're doing. It's like what they don't know about Clint is that he's also like, he can tell you anything you want to know about an engine and how it works. Like that's like, and so that yeah. bullshit you did, you explained a single set. Like it's awesome. And I, that's what I crave. And I, I, of course I love media and I love consuming shit and I love watching things. And I'm glad we live in the day and age we do. Like, it's awesome. I can look up shit. I don't know, but the person to person shit, and that's why like the podcast shit is fun for me because it's like person to person. You might, I might not have ever known that Gabby's saying, you know what I mean? It's like I don't know, because online you, there's that there's that different thing. It's like you, pre, you know, and I'm guilty of it too. Is I I present my my highlight reel, like I'm not posting. Some people do. They're like I'm in the worst mood. I'm depressed. Some people do it, and it's kind of like no judgment but it's also like maybe you shouldn't post that online like you should probably talk to a real person (laughs) rather than present it online but you know like (laughs) Gabby liked that one you know what I'm talking about like people on face and I it because it kind of breaks my heart like the person to person connection is huge and I'm not saying it's like a we're in danger of it, but it's like there. It's almost a lost art of talking to people face to face because I I was never really good at it, because I was just shy. I was just like, ah, what I have to say is not that important. But it's like I I learned by doing this thing. The podcast is like I like to listen, and I also want to like, you know, I want to prompt a question and be like, talk to me about it because yeah. I think like my it's like 
the older yeah go ahead. no no yeah but it's the, the like-minded thing and like solidarity of like you feel that way like you're creative and you feel that same thing i appreciate your like what's your five-year plan question because that's the fucking worst question i've ever heard what's your five-year plan i don't fuck and, if i know and that's no. my my whole my answer is let me get back to you yeah. at this point but graham sorry you were gonna say something <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I think going back to social media, the older that I get, the more I keep hovering over the delete account button, right? Um, Not because I don't see the value of it. It's just because I think about on a very personal level how I interact with it and how I interpret the world and the people around me through Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And I think about what my life would be if I was to actually not Mm. um, interact with the world with social media for a time at the very least for like, let's say a year. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a problem. I mean, it'll happen probably eventually. Um, I'll probably be like, I'm gonna get out for a while. I can't do this. Yeah. I wonder how much more productive we'd be or creative we'd be. See, once again, here's you, here's my actual thought to that. Probably not that much because we'll find a new way to distract <coughs> ourselves. Mm-hmm. If you've ever read the uh, what is it, the War of Art, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you realize that like in many ways we are actively our our brains our our bodies are actively working against us in many many ways and we have to figure out how to uh, counteract that counteract those thoughts that prevent us from being productive or creative because we are masters at stopping ourselves from creativity 100%. and productivity mm-hmm. just the yeah i'm my own and it is that thing i am my own worst enemy like i what's stopping you i am and i know that and that's almost like it's okay i know that but how do i work around that now all right that's well, gonna take some time that's why it, it's what really bothers me on a very personal level when people constantly talk to me about all those other forces that are stopping them from doing what they want to do, right? Like for me, if I say the job is the reason why I'm not personally creative, that's not true. Because I choose every day to go in there. Mm-hmm. I choose to stay in those hours for however many years I go. Um, and then if I really wanted to, I could probably sacrifice some other things like Hulu um, to at least do an, <laughs> to do an hour just of, to name one to do an hour of writing that's just discipline at that yeah. point I'm, I'm personally lazy yeah. and that's on me that's not on anybody else right the accountability like the self accountability that, that's huge in the creative people like yeah. everybody and it's it's an ongoing theme every time we talk to new people that's the ongoing theme of just like yeah we all run and that's kind of the and so like part of this and it's an ongoing thing. Podcast is like, let's figure out how to like work past that together. Yeah. Because and I that's something I, I maybe I was talking to you about it a little bit too. But um, our friend Ali, I was we were talking about. I like I'm better when I collaborate or I can facilitate other creative people on my own because I know you know it's that I'll be I will be lazy and I won't do the work. But if someone else is around and they're like. What do you, it's like, all right, well, let's go. Let's do it. It's one of the greatest you know? values of Los Angeles as a city is the community, right? For everything that people have a problem with it, it is incredibly... Now, it, it can be, it, you know, the inverse is true where it's also highly competitive and, and yeah, you're, you're dealing with sharks at every at every mm-hmm. stage and level. Um, but if you will find a collaborative group that will support mm-hmm. and help you yeah. and we're all kind of helping each other with our projects because, yeah, there's a there can be a very strong creative support system there. That's huge. Um, which is why it's tough every time I think about like, oh, I should move to Montana and just 
paint in a tiny like loft somewhere. Yeah. Um, ride a horse. Yeah, right. To my horse. to my canvas in the field. <laughs> Somehow the horse is the. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, put but brushes on his hooves. The paintbrush is made from his hair. What's tough for me to divorce myself from the city is is the uh, co- the community that I have um, built over the years. Yeah, and the supportive. It's a tribe. Yeah, and that and that's not to say, and there is a reason L.A. is a hub, and same with New York and Chicago. That like there's these three hubs of people seek these places out because of that. I mean, and, don't forget Houston, Texas. Uh, you know, I, fourth largest city in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going on there. Oh my god. <laughs> Oil is definitely going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you're in the oil business, there's a very supportive community for that, you know. But if you also love humidity, um, I highly suggest moving there. Yeah, and I mean, I and I'll, just my personal experience, and this is just me, not this is brief, but it's like I remember going because my my good friend lived in Venice Beach for eight years, and he was in the music industry, and it's like he was like. It's really easy to get, and it's like, you can see the bad side if you want, because yeah. there is a gross side, and and that's that's just my own judgment. I, I can't say that, like, but there's a side where you're just like, is that is that it? Is that all you're doing? But then you see the other side of it. It's like, oh, no, there's a reason that, you know, one of his neighbors, two houses down, was this dude who made custom uh, phone cases out of, like, whatever and then they were crazy like yeah. cool art and he was killing it and like yeah. you know he's like yeah this is for this person and i'm like you're name dropping but you're, it, you're, he wasn't doing it to be like yeah like i'm killing it but he was like he was that dude who's like yeah he's he comes out of the house occasionally but he's like in there making shit and, and it's he, like and he's living in venice and beach and he's <laughs> in that community it's like it feeds I, that it I, does I, feed that like there is a reason like a lot of act like you got to be in that place and I think you have to make peace with that. I'm I'm assuming like if you're, a lot of comics go there in LA. It's I dude, you can go in an open mic and see like big names come up because yeah. it's like yeah, that's what you got to do. You just got to be in it and just commit and. Yeah. And the city affects people differently, right? Some people have a very negative sure, reaction yeah. to the city, right? The uh, <laughs> just how Karen raised her hand and, and just and being aware of that that you can be yeah. you know. Yeah affected by differently than someone else of a different kind of mindset or fortitude or whatever it is. Um, like I feel that way sometimes I know it affects me in ways that like it probably doesn't affect someone else in my family. That's probably just in a different headspace than mine. Um, and they probably would handle it better than I would. And somehow I'm still there. Cause I think I just love pain <laughs> at the end of the day. You're a masochist. I, I, I really, no, I think in many ways I actually am, which we can get to later. Um, I've got a whip over in the corner uh, for you. But I'm curious, you know, you also live in Los Angeles and, um, for me, I actually feel more creative when I'm not in the city, hmm. um, because there's so many wonderful things and distractions. Yeah. Uh, but also when I'm away, there's, there's less of all of the noise mm-hmm. and I'm left alone with this mm-hmm. more than ever. But I'm curious in your own lane, if how you feel in and out of the city. Would you get inspired by other creative people? Like, are you like, yeah, you're doing this. Like, yeah, we can all do this. Like, it's like this, like, buildup of, like, passion for everything. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's the high. The yeah. high is when we're all sitting, like, let's say mm-hmm. we do a writer's brainstorm together and we come up with this crazy, fun concept and I'm like, I'm writing that high. But when it comes to actually, like, more consistently, like, 
delivering on creative. Uh, I, I like to, I like to actively distract myself mm-hmm. and it's something that I have to learn to kind of curb. I, I mean, I love, I love the city and I love nature. I love them both so much. I don't like the suburbs. Hmm. Nobody suburbs. should. It feels <laughs> hey, suburbia. Not the suburbs, right? It's slow yeah. suburbs. We're in I know. I have to I, clarify it's, it's that. It's pretty romantic. Like, we're not the suburbs, right? We're, we're in the no. burbs. We're in the suburbs, right? Shut now. up. Shut no, we're not. We are, not. <laughs> we are beyond. The suburbs. No, I, I think you're, I think you're on to that. Yeah. The, yeah. the balance of, because, and, and that's the beauty of like talking to everybody that is like my brother Thaddeus is a city. He loves that that energy Energy. and I fucking freak out I'm like I can do I love visiting LA and like going and like seeing and feeling it and I'm like I feel it but if someone (laughs) was like you live here and I'd be like but if you were constantly (laughs) if you were constantly with that stimuli right would that work for you or is that actually kind of like more I'll I'll be real honest I think I'd be a huge cokehead (laughs) (laughs) is Thaddeus younger than you? no he's he's one year older. older I think I'd be because because the way my brain I know my brain and I'm a busy busy brain and I don't think that that stim like I like I to me like I find the in between towns yeah so slow is that it's it's not a small well and maybe it's not in between it's like on the outskirts so, but but for where I grew up I grew up in a small mountain town of population seventeen thousand maybe. All right, so it's in between. Not full time, but like <laughs> it was small, and it was a bubble, and it was like I don't, you know. And, and then it was a small town. It was like, a small yeah, enough town, downtown. Yeah, and and so like going to the de- going to the city, Denver was like we're going to the city, <laughs> and now it actually is that feel because Denver is blowing the fuck up, and it's and it got, and I lived there for a year, and it was like we well, you know Denver is the happiest place in America, apparently. Oh, man. I would disagree. It's totally it's totally <laughs> it is totally. We used to hold the title. Now yeah, it's yeah, Denver. Yeah, right. Now it's Denver. But, Oprah said. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> power to them if, they, if, that's ha- if that's true. But, like, for me, it's finding a balance of, like, I like... I need to have a little bit of everything. And there is parts of me sometimes that crave that city, like, buzz. Because it's yeah. an energy. It is energy, like... It is addictive. Like, I want to, yeah. like, if I'm downtown LA or if I'm in Venice Beach, like, walking the boardwalk, I was so, like, every time I'd go visit my buddy Bo, I was like, dude, like, fuck, like, everybody's doing what they're doing, and it's, <laughs> like, I get it. Mm. Like, okay, yeah, that's, that's contagious energy, like, you gotta, but there's a weird part, and this is just my personal experience, <laughs> um, <laughs> can I, Karen's can I gonna you, lose it. Can I but it was there's a weird part of me too that like and I don't know maybe it's my upbringing or the way like I was <coughs> I guess my value system is there's a part of me that says you know and and this is a not fair judgment on anybody else that does anything for anything but for me personally I'm like I don't want to do it for money and that here's the thing I go back and forth I'm like yeah I want to make a living I want to I don't want to work that hard but then the other side of me is like I've definitely leaned into the opposite side of that coin right like a lot like I know a lot of creative people um, would probably look at my compromise and want to throw up Um, (laughs) but that is my that is my that's how I make a living I found a way to harness whatever creativity I have to, to make my money I don't think at the end of the day I don't think it'll be what I do when I'm 40 or 50 
Right. Because uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking forward to that next step where there's less obligation like you spoke about, right? That moment where there's more freedom um, to be able to do what I actually love doing and less feel like it's a necessity to survival. Um, but at the same time, I think that there will, if I was to all of a sudden have no obligation, right? To be completely free and open to do whatever I wanted creatively. I don't know how good my art would be. I think, and here's why I say that, I think there's a relationship between pain and creativity. I think there's always going to have to be that darker thing that drives you, that fire, something that you're like wrestling with, and it comes through in the art. That's why I think in many ways, some of um, the best artists work are their early work. As they become more comfortable, their work is not as good anymore, especially with musicians. I don't mean that rudely, but like... It's I like know the early mean, work is like there's mean. so much pain in there. There's a lot of raw. Yeah. Well, here's something yeah. that I think that a lot of people fault themselves for is falling into a career path that they're maybe not passionate about, but that's their career path, and that's your key to survival, and that's what you do to survive. And people are like, oh, but it's not what I love to do, but that's what you do, you know, and and that's okay. Yeah. I think people have a hard time saying, well, I never wanted to do this, but but it's what you ended up doing and that's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially in today's world where, you know, you if you get something that you can sustain a comfortable lifestyle, you know, I actively, great. I actively fight the moniker that I'm a video editor. I hate it. I hate it so much. But at the end of the day, it's exactly what the technical job title would be. It's the easiest way if anyone asks me, what do you do? What I don't say, but what is probably easy for you to wrap your head around is I'm a video editor, mm -hmm. right? I hate it, but that is what pays the bills. Sure, right? and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And I think that's okay to be like, you know, this is what I do to pay the bills, even if it's not what drives my uh, artistic, you know, that's not my passion or what drives me passionately, but it's it's what I do, right. you know? I know what I do every day isn't what I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that when I'm a kid, you know? Like, but it's <laughs> what I do, yeah. and, well, you know, and it's yeah. and, and it provides me a lifestyle that that I'm comfortable with, and I get to live in a great place and do what I do. But you know, if if money was no object, would I be doing that? Fuck no. Yeah. You know. The one more thing, and then I'll stop talking. The older I get, the more I realize that um, kind of leaning into that obligation, that video editor, that kind of what I do right now has actually afforded me um, to prioritize things outside of my profession. Uh, as I get older, I start prioritizing people more than I used to. I don't think I was very good about that when I was younger. And now I care deeply about my friends, like they're family to me. I would do anything for them. And every moment that I can foster an environment for us to be all closer together, like hosting a brunch or a dinner or whatever that is, yeah. I'm afforded that because of my profession, but my priorities are starting to shift towards the people that I love and less about this. I'm always going to be like very career driven, but there's starting to become a balance there now that yeah. I wasn't there when I was in my 20s. I think that's the ultimate. I mean, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't. But I, I do go strong to the fucking hoop with it of balance. Balance. Because I'm not a balanced person, and that is a everyday practice and <clears throat> struggle of, like, i got to balance some shit because I can easily tilt into the dark shit and just be like, eh, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't want to do I don't want to hang out. And then, you know, it's like, all right, yeah, but you know you're better than that creatively and and seeing a vision of like, well, what do you want to, you know, the question comes up, what do you want to do? Well, like that, honestly, like when you said that co-op thing, I'm like, that an artist face, I was like, that's really cool. 
Like that's to me, I'm like, I love, I like facilitating creativity around and like meeting friends and being like, you're creative. Like, how do we help you and help everybody at the same time? Like that collaboration. It's like, oh, my favorite part was giving the space to my friends for free. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool. like, you're like, it was like, I made thing. the income to keep it running. And like all of my photographer friends, fashion designers, makeup artists, artists could have their gallery. That's cool. They could show their documentary film. Yeah. They like, they had like this like space as a resource that would have been unattainable because they're usually really expensive right. or you need a COI. Yeah. And I would just be like, yeah, come over. That's so cool. You just waved the COI? I, I, mean, I feel like we should have known each other back then. That would be so great. <laughs> I yeah. paid for my own liability insurance. That is my nightmare every day. Yeah. So it's good. Uh, well, when I would have like uh, you know a legitimate production, they brought in their COI. Yeah, of but I had but for your friends. I had a liability insurance in the place. Cool. I'm like, you break your leg, like bitch, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swing around on that thing. Like, what do whatever you want. Yeah. It is where we had my 30th birthday. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know you back then. Yeah, I know. Where was I? You came in too late. I did come in too late. <laughs> yeah, Gabby, you're not creative anymore. I'm not. Ooh. What? I'm, that was a Sorry. joke. That was, <laughs> I'm, ready to get I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> Damn right, bitch. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Things are slow for me. I'm being facetious. <laughs> But see how quick I came to that? That was, that was awesome. <laughs> that God, bitch is creative as hell. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's good. Yeah. Shit. Shit. <laughs> bitch. But Gabby, I mean, you've you've gone through some changes too. Like you changed paths and you, you did. I mean, you you have a unique perspective too because you were a, you have that perspective of, you're a legit like college athlete. And that's like, I don't know many athletes that were like in college like competing on a on that level of like that's fucking intense um i have one friend he was in he <laughs> you can scoff or whatever but he was a golfer and it was like no that was like he was like yeah the next step was getting paid millions of dollars to go play this game and it's like oh shit but you know you you that's have a lot becomes. of huh that's what your life becomes right and that's he he made the choice to be like i could do that but I don't, he didn't have that, like, he was like, I don't love it mm -hmm. like that. I don't want it like that. And I'm wondering, too, if, like, you know, you you did it maybe part out and necessity of, like, yeah, to get that education. And it's like you had a cool, like, you're gifted in that. But it's like you you also, like, blossomed. And you're like, you realize, like, oh, I like modeling and I like singing. And it's like, yeah, you're starting, you know, you're you're working into your, do you feel that way of like you kind of really realized like oh these are things that are important to me later or was it always there like you're always like i could always be a scene you know no i'm really like gnarly stage fright until like three years ago it's cool too because you fucking kill it on stage when you sing yeah i wish i could do i wish i could do that more full time like i don't know um, I, but going back to the sports thing, I did it cause I didn't really have an option. Like I loved volleyball. Right. I loved it. Loved the competition, loved the team aspects, loved traveling, loved, um, playing internationally, all the opportunities that it gave me. Um, I don't, I can't even think about what life would have been if I didn't have volleyball. Hmm. I don't think I would have. Oh, well, I would be in Puerto Rico and I would just be doing something else. But I, my parents 
put me in sports because they knew that they would never be able to afford college. And the only way to go into college was through sports and to get an athletic scholarship. So I grew up with a very structured, scheduled life until I graduated college. And, and then that's when you're creating. And then I didn't know what the fuck I was going to be doing because I didn't yeah. have someone telling me you have to be at this. Because then it was school and mm-hmm. volleyball. So my entire life was just scheduled. And then I had all this freedom after I quit the team uh, my senior year because of so many. It's another story we can get into. But I I had this freedom of just being a student for the first time in, in my life or just being like a person mm-hmm. without this um, professed identity of who I was. Like I wasn't just a volleyball player. I was you something me. else. Like, that was me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I like to sing and I'm pretty good at it. And I, I didn't know that until like three years ago when Allie and I started going to um, karaoke because we wanted to do... <laughs> And then all of a sudden you bust out and you're like, oh. No, I did not sing. I would, I only, like, she would sing. And then finally she forced me up. She was like, okay, I'll um, I'll sing with you. I was so scared. And then, um, and then she slowly started backing away. Because I was comfortable singing. And she That's sort awesome. of started backing I can, away. I can picture And then I too. remember this night, like, it was yesterday. Keep and singing. I was like, oh, Keep singing. <laughs> um, but if... Like I, I, I wish I could have, I wish I could feel comfortable believing that I would have been a person that created my life the way Noelle did. Like if I, um, like I grew up middle, middle class, but I, I wish I could say that I would have had the street smarts to do anything to have created a life other than what I, that has led me to where I am now. Which. I, I can appreciate that, but on the other side of it, it's like, I think it's cool that, like, you're you're having it now. And it's like now you you've got a lot of life yet to live, and it's like, that's why like the late bloomer thing is not a negative thing. It's like I didn't know that back then. It's like well now is your time, and that you recognize it now, and you do pursue your creative stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's like you're, you know, I I'm the same way. Like when I was. You know, in high school, like, I I took one, uh, I don't even know, what was it called? It was, um, my option was, like, take shop, and I was like, I love shop, but I do that on my own anyways. And the other one was, like, video editing and, uh, like, doing announcements, video announcements for the school, like, in the mornings. And, like, producing them, and, like, I did that for one semester, and I was like, I fucking loved it. And But nobody came to me and said... Hey, do you know if you stick with this, like you can make your own content and keep going. And, so, and I look back then, I'm like, I wish, but it's also like, I can do that now too. Yeah. So it's like, I, it's never, you know, like that, that realization of like, oh yeah, I, cause I, I'm guilty of it too. I feel like I'm like, I'm running out of time and I'm like, well then fucking do things and who cares? Like the Kevin Smith model just like. If you see, if you think of something you want, like, and you think you can do it better, not even better, but just like, oh, I could do that. Well, then go do it. It's like, yeah, totally. You know? 
I have a, I have a story, actually. Um, I was thinking about uh, going to law school. Sorry. I like how he's like, no, I, have I have a story. <laughs> he took his glasses off dramatically. He's not wearing glasses. When were you thinking about going to law school? Two years ago? Yesterday? I was going to say, like, <laughs> just now? <laughs> no, two years ago, I took the LSAT. I want to be a lawyer. I was studying. I took the LSAT, all that. Wow. Um, but what got me to take the LSAT Did you pass was. Your bar? Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's how law works. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, I, uh, um, I didn't take. You the, did a chin up on a bar. I did one chin up on a bar. I'm so, yeah. He's so stupid. Uh, yeah. Dad jokes. High fives. <laughs> yeah. Clint, thank you, Clint. Um, sorry. But what got me to finally I'll edit that out. No, I love how he just stop interrupting, Bender. I know. High five, I, and then kept going. I'm very interrupty right now. So. No, no, sorry, all good. Um. The uh, the the thing that got me to take the LSAT, I didn't want to. I actively fought against it because I thought I was too old to go to law school. I was like, man, I like should have been doing that right out of college, mm-hmm. yada yada, all of that. I was very discouraging of myself once again, going back to uh, the War of Art, which everybody should read. Um, I I was talking to my family. I, I come from a family of lawyers. I was talking about how I was like, man, I really wish they had gone to law school after after uh, my undergrad, yada yada. Um, but now I feel like I'm too old. And my dad was like, ask your grandfather, who's right there. We were at my grandfather's house. Ask him when he went to law school. I said, yeah, well, actually, because I've known him my entire life. My entire life, my grandfather has been a lawyer and a, and a very accomplished one at that. Uh, and he went to law school when he was 40. Wow. And I yeah. thought about that, and I'm like, the entire identity of this man to me for my entire life has been only as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. But he never even went to law school until he was 40. And yeah. that, that made me think, like, to your point, there's n- it's never too late. It's, yeah. just, it's just never too late. Yeah. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did okay on the LSAT. I wasn't great. Right? <laughs> like, I, stay, I, I stayed for two weeks. I should have studied a lot longer. Uh, I did average, you know, so. And now I'm going to ask you the number one question on my mind, not theirs. Maybe it's on their mind. What does LSAT stand for? The, oh, man. Do you guys want to know? Because I do. I I've that, never known what it is. Uh. Lawyers, seriously, it's like a really hard test. Law, <laughs> a really hard test. Something aptitude test, law, law school aptitude test, or something like that. Okay. I feel, but I, you gotta edit this out because I'm gonna sound like an idiot. <laughs> I went to now we know we're not there. You went to law school. No. Oh. How old are you? I was like, it's in, what? I'm sorry. This. Just I like how you said, "How young are you?" Not how old. I'm. How young so, are you? I'm 30. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why it just popped into my head. Yeah. So I'm 30 and I don't even know what LSAT stands for. Something it has like, nothing to do with that. I don't think anyone does. And all of a sudden I was like, how old's Graham? I don't think I know this. Not that old. I mean, and I wasn't going to ask it, but it just okay. opened up. So I asked it. Sorry. Well, it, to, be f- to be fair, you did say, as I get older, I'm like, I'm right there with yeah. you. No, there I'm, was a couple comments that I was like, wait a second. I feel you like can't I'm, be using that I feel like I know, I'm, yeah. it's true. Y'all, you I'm have no right to do that. Like <laughs> not yet. I'm 50. Yeah, it, it, I feel God like bless I'm 50. You, you I'm looking at you right now, you. and if whatever you're drinking, if you're 50, yeah. you better hand Quit it Quit flirting with him, babe. Sorry, Jesus I come on. Look at him. Look at his face. Put your pants back on. Look at his face. Just taking a turn. My sorry, Graham. No, you're no, fine. I'm sorry, Graham. I'm. <laughs> I just asked how young you 
what? You should probably apologize. Sorry. By the way. <laughs> for what? Yeah, we're going to go and get started. We're going to go. No, no, you did. Everybody's just apologizing for no reason. I know it's the first time I've been here, and I'm sorry. Yeah. So would you say this is the best podcast yet or like the second yeah. best? Besides my Out of all 43. Throwing your underpants at Graham. I mean, I come on. Right. He no. loved it. He's handsome. He is. I agree. He's a handsome guy. <laughs> Poor Graham. You got to get oh us out God. of this like fast. This is on you right now. This is not on. It is. Cut. Totally. And yeah. that's all going to be edited out, right? No, because what happens here. Uh, and it happens frequently, and Gabby and Clint can <laughs> well, attest to this. Well, you throw your panties on people, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she totally is just launching them like rubber bands. Um, Sorry. No, what happens is... <laughs> no, do you want to know what I think? Yeah. Where are you? You oh got it. Like, what do you What do you got for us? Oh, my God. No. I think is, it do you have commercial for, I think it stands for... Lawyers sucking anal testicles. <laughs> what? What? That's what. That's oh the first God. thing. So if you do well, on the, if you do well on this first test, thing that pops in my head. So Which is horrible, horrible. By the way, <laughs> it is. I, I'm not saying it's not horrible, but the question was raised. What, what, what do you think it stands for? And and that's okay. Look, we all have Google. We can all Google it. Lawyers suck anal um, testicles. I don't know why nobody did. Oh, the Oracle Everybody will tell has, us. Nobody has their phones. Uh, everybody has koozies. I don't understand. There's a lot of koozies on this table and no iPhones. Okay, all right. Well, mine is intentional. <laughs> um, <laughs> law school admission test. There you go. All right. Okay. Oh, are you shitting me? I, I'm, I'm not. I'm sorry it wasn't. So, where did you testicles. even go with that just now? You went to a really weird place. Thank you. I can't, <laughs> Yeah. It's not no. like lawyers are the most liked profession. I just want to make a. I just want to in, interrupt everybody real quick because for your sponsors, you, for my sponsors, <laughs> uh, my sponsors, the L-S-A-T sponsors. My sponsor is Harvard Law, um, oh, Stanford man. Law too. <laughs> you have a few tutors coast to coast. on your bill, but I think I think the overall. Let's 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 just. Ooh, take a deep breath. We were having too good of a time, is what you're saying. We got way too fun, and it usually <laughs> happens at about the hour mark. So um, it's off brand for your podcast. Fun, it's not. No, we all have fun. No, it's the Bender Blend. Um, do not talk. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is like our home. See what happened, but um, it. I guess what this is starting to turn into is, and that, and what it should be is like. I want to hear everybody's experience, and and I also want to hear more from Noel a little bit too. Of like. I actually have a few questions. Um, Do you have a favorite place to travel? Like, have you been, like, when you travel somewhere, do you have a spot where you're like, that's, like, have you ever encountered a place where you're like, I could easily be here forever? Not forever. But for a long time? What's a long time? I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I guess, I guess it's like, I, so I have a, I'll just, I'll preface it this way. I don't, I've never traveled much. Like, I went to England when I was 15. What are you talking about? You're not from California. And that's so it. Traveled. I've traveled the U.S., but I leaving the continent is like, that is not in my repertoire. And it's not because I don't want to, but I'm going to coin a phrase from Graham. As I get older. <laughs> um, oh, my God. As I get older, I, I realize I want to go to about six places. That's it? Yeah. What? And, right. Sorry. I'll explain. I'll explain. So I found a journal, and I've, maybe I've talked about it before, maybe not on mic, but like I found my dad's journal from when he was 26. He grew up on, you know, on the East Coast, like whatever, never doing 
you know, he was, he did his thing, but it's like when he was 26, he said, I'm going to New Zealand for three months to backpack and travel around New Zealand in 1975. Wow. Yeah. And he did. And I found his journal from that. And it's like, holy shit, that's where I got to go. Number one place I got to go is to New Zealand and and follow his route and do his like, and so it's like, I, and then as I started thinking, because people, you know, it comes up and I'm like, well, where do you want to travel? I'm like, there's a few places. Like, I definitely got to go to Japan. And I'm not sorry. Yes, of course, Tokyo needs to be in maybe a day or two. But I really want to go deep into the, like, mountains ah. and, like, Sapporo and, like, go see some shit. And, like, you know, I have this fantasy in my head. I'm like, I'm going to go into the, like, forests of Japan and meet an old smithy who's going to make me a sweet samurai sword like one of the last dudes that knows how to do it is that what they're called down there smithies i don't know a forge master anyways that is a weeb fantasy it is pretty much totally i'm like oh dude fucking how sick would that i do Oh, Make me a samurai uh, sword. Eh? You know what they don't tell you about Japan? They have the fucking gnarliest spiders in the world. I mean, I'm sure that like New Zealand and Australia yeah. have the bad. Really? I'm 100 behind us though. I want to hear what the other four are. Okay, so there's is it all Southeast Asia? Kind, pretty close. It is. There's a few. The, yeah. The so <laughs> Japan definitely New Zealand number one just because. He's like, and then one night in Bangkok. <laughs> okay, that's pretty messed no, up. Thailand, well, okay, we're gonna sidebar yeah. later after we're. Okay. Recording. Thailand is on the list, and yes. yeah. um, <laughs> Vietnam. Absolutely. Vietnam is on the list, and, yeah. and and I was, and I'll, I don't care. I'll admit it. I'm wholly inspired by an episode of Top Gear. The the boys get they their challenges to ride motorcycles yeah. no. up the coast 100%. of Vietnam, and they're like they. First of all, they don't get to choose their own bikes, so they all get just pieces of shit. All right, and they break down. But I was like, the, but. Yeah. The beauty of that show and that episode is like they they take the time to be like, this country is amazing. Yep. And look at how beautiful this is. Yes, we're doing our silly shit, but like, hold on, let's pan yeah. out. And I was like, I need to ride that coastline of Vietnam. And like, I want to ride, I want to do their route from the top to the bottom. Um, Scandinavia, like Norway, I got to go in the fjords and go like, fjords. I might it's see Thor. Shit. I want to see Thor. Okay. All right. What was that five? Anyways. No. Yeah, um, you're working your way north. What What's after Scandinavia? Um, after seeing pictures of your guys' trip, Iceland is definitely on there. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. That's the same. Like, Even though they love in. killing whales, they love it. They you love know it what? so much. But anyways, the traveling <laughs> thing for me was like. <laughs> you just shut that down. <laughs> Yeah. You should go to Iceland. We fucking love but, it there. But Let's go back to Noel. Noel. I was going to say, <laughs> so interrupting and rambling vendor. <laughs> well, I just want to hear what I his think half of us were. are like very aware that, like, I know. We all want to go back to her. <laughs> I was just intrigued by whatever his six were. I wanted to know his six. Correct. I was answering I did. Your question, he was answering I me because I said, what, is your, what are your six? So, Noel. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what's your favorite place that you've been? Oh, my God. I don't have a favorite. There's no. You don't have a favorite? I don't have a favorite. No, I am. Well, Gabby knows. I So I left the country for the first time at 23. 20. I'm like, how old am I? How old are you? <laughs> 24. This was, how old are you? This, I'm 26. It was two years ago now. It's almost exactly two years from when I got back. And I had never, I had never been out of the country. No one in my family travels. Like, 
Um, I have people in my family who've never even been on an airplane. And I didn't even leave Southeast Michigan until I was 20 years old. So I, when I, about nine months after I moved to LA, I got out of a horrific relationship and was like homeless and freelancing and living out of my car and like couch surfing LA for three months because I didn't really know what I want to do. I was like, am I going to go back to Detroit? Do I want to stay here? Do I even like it here? Hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. So I just decided that I was going to go to Europe because I had never been out of the country and this was a perfect time. Like I don't have any pets. I didn't have a boyfriend. I didn't have a job, like nothing. So I got my um, visa or I got my uh, passport expedited and I gave my car to Gabby (laughs) and I left and I just bought a one-way ticket um, to Europe and I didn't buy a return ticket because I didn't know how long I was going to last. Like I didn't have any idea what my threshold for that kind of travel would be. Like, am I going to freak out in a week and cry and Mm -hmm. go home to Michigan or am I going to like regret my return trip because I'm having the time of my life and I don't want to get on that plane. Hmm. And I ended up staying out there until I my visa expired. I was out there for almost three months. Oh, that's Where? awesome, awesome. Um, I, I was in London and then Madrid and Barcelona. And then um, it's like, I don't know why. I can almost not remember the path that I took because I went to so many different places. You went to Budapest. I was in Budapest for a long time. I was in Rome. I was in Florence. I was in Venice. I was in Budapest. So Italy, um, the Netherlands. I was in Paris. I was in Amsterdam. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I'm not. Paris. Sweden. No, Paris. Italy, Italy. Germany. So you were in Italy for a lot. I was in Italy. Yeah, I was in Italy. I was in um, Budapest for a long time because I was sick. I got hostile cough. How were they? Oh, geez. I had like a respiratory infection. It's really common because I stayed in hostels. So I stayed in rooms with a minimum of four people and sometimes like 18 people. Yikes. And then it was like drinking the water everywhere. I was like (laughs) making out with people. Like I was on Tinder. (laughs) I was eating everything in sight. I was taking public transportation. So like, yeah, I got sick as fuck. And I was trapped in Budapest just like coughing. Mm. Um, It's really cheap there, by the way. So I was just like, I'm staying here until I'm better. I ended up staying sick the rest of my trip. I was there for like two or three or four weeks. And I was just like, I'm going to go to Paris now. Um, I was sick in Paris and then I was sick in Amsterdam and it just never went away until I got, I ended up getting on antibiotics in Amsterdam because <coughs> they basically give that shit away. I was like, going to say like for tourists. two bucks. Hey America. Yeah. I don't like, and I feel like I waited so long to go to the clinic because I had this idea that it was like the U S and it was going to yeah. be so much money. And it was like, I swear to God, it was like fucking $15. Yeah. Not even, yeah. um, to see a doctor. <laughs> So it was crazy, but, um, and then I've, since then I've been to Japan twice, two different trips. So I can't say that I have a favorite. They're all like wonderful in their own way. Yeah. But I feel like I could live in Budapest for a while because it is really inexpensive and it's pretty small. Yeah. But I think that the next place I want to go is Southeast Asia because it's also cheap. Right. (laughs) It's also cheap and warm. Yeah. Now I'm like acclimated to LA weather. I'm not in the Midwest anymore. So I think that like 50 degrees yeah. is cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. I was going to say the weather, I'm sure, dictates. Yeah. Oh, 50 yeah. is cold. 
Oh <laughs> man, it like it got down to like negative like thirty degrees in Detroit this year or something. That's bad. That's gross. Like <laughs> the coldest, that's and that's what I grew up with. So. <laughs> when I first moved to LA, I was dying. I think that like 65 is hot still. Wow. I'm like, it's warm out. Like, <laughs> Me I like too. run around in like a crop top. Like, mm. yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> well, and, and also, it's something too, like the fact that, like, that you've got a lot of mental toughness. Because um, thinking about that, I'm like, that, I, not many people could do that. So it's. See, I actually don't think about myself as mentally strong. I see that people like associate that, like their like strength is about being good at getting things done. But I think of myself as more mentally flexible. Okay. I think that's, of it as yeah. more of like a, a fluid, like that's changing good. force than like this, like very brittle, like bulldozing. You, you've got a powerful will. Yeah. Clearly, like just yeah. hearing what you've you've told me so far, I'm like, that's. That is badass, and that's like, you know, that's inspiring for sure. Like, because some people, like, it doesn't sound like you make excuses, really. You're just like, I just do it. It's like, that's mm -hmm. fucking big. Yeah. I mean, I decide what I want, and then that's it. Good. I don't second guess it. People tell me all the time, they're like, you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. You should have a job. You should, like, whatever. And I just don't care. <laughs> I literally just don't care what anyone else says. It's really bad. Ah, I don't know if that's bad. I don't think I don't so. Think if it's, it's working yeah. out for you, it's you're doing what you want to do, and that's that's not bad at all. Like when you know when when people. Uh, I'm sorry, Bender. I'm stealing this this dog. Oh, he's a cute dog. He's, he's all he's a little nugget no, he's of joy. I think I would kill for that. By the yeah. way, just like an ounce of like not giving a fuck what people think. I don't care. I would love that um, because just, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. all right, would you consider yourself a people pleaser? I'm very kind. I'm not a people pleaser. I'm, see, I'm very much a people pleaser. I would love to have the ability to drown out everyone's thoughts and opinions and what they think I should do. Mm. It's, it's something I know I need to work on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it has to do with the way that I grew up. Like, people, a lot of people would want to feed on me. Like, being a young woman in that kind of city people were always trying to like look to me to like, I feel like they were trying to feed on me or like manipulate me or try to get me to do something that they wanted. And I just, the answer is just gotta be fuck no. Like, I don't like what you want doesn't, if it's not good for me, it's just not good for me. You yeah. can't do it. Well, and not to make it like polarizing, but at your age, like that's, that's huge. I think a lot of people young people are like they need and I, again not to be a curmudgeon -y, but it's like it took me a long time to figure that out too it's just like that's not good for me so I don't want it yeah you know I I think I might fall into that court I, I don't know that I'm a people pleaser but it's like I definitely for a long and I, and I catch myself I'm like I give a shit what people think but I'm starting to redirect that focus of like I give a shit of what my friends think of me mm -hmm. and the people I care I respect I care what they think because it's a reflection of like and I hope that they tell me like hey you're being a jackass because it's like but but for a while there was that time where I was like I care about what the perception of me is well, what do you do for a living uh like mm -hmm. and now I'm getting out of that of just like that doesn't matter so much. What matters is like, am I, you know, 
are my am I being good to my friends and good to people in general? You know, and that I think you've got you've got a lot of wisdom there just based on experience and it's it's you're super young and that's inspiring too it's like you've you figured it out like you're on a good edge there well when i was when i was like really young like you know when i was like a teenager preteen young like a kid i listened to the people around me and i was i knew that it wasn't working out like i remember um when i was like maybe 11 12 13 like all the adults around me were like you should be modeling it's a tall girl in a small town and that's the only thing they think of they're just like Bleh. like that's where their mind goes I had a miserable time I hate being on camera I'm like not hmm. um you know I, I need to be challenged I need to like be solving like these puzzles in my head all the time and people still tell me those things um and I just realized that other people didn't know what was best for me like very young um and I also gotten I ended up being in trouble like the first I was audited by the IRS for the first time at 18 years old. Yeah, <laughs> well because done. I listened to the people around me <laughs> who were older than me, and I was like, "Well, that's never happening again." Hmm. Like right straight out of the gate as soon as I graduated high school. Um, so now I pay my taxes quarterly, just so everybody knows. There you go. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening, IRS, mm-hmm. and I, know I pay you my are. taxes quarterly. Yeah. Um, so like really young, I was like, well, fuck y'all. Like I'm not, you don't have any good advice for me, but that, that was my personal situation. Like maybe the people, maybe the people when like that you grew up with had valuable advice for you. So you think it's the truth mm. and you kind of like bite it and you're like, this could be like, maybe it is, maybe mm. it's for me, but your, your personal truth changes as you get older too. Like, I feel like yeah. it gets less, it gets less like moldable. It becomes like more solid and you just got to know it. Yeah. I agree. And I, I'm, I'm also the, and I try, I try my best. Sometimes I'm, it's not my best, but I hate advice. And I'm like, I don't want to give advice. I'd rather just, you know, and, and there's certain language that we can use rather than saying like, here's my advice. Don't say that. Stop saying that. Because that for me, if someone says, here's my advice, it's like, I don't want advice. I want like, it's like, if I were you, that's always a good lead in. It's like, yeah, because advice sucks. You know? Or you could say, if I were in your position. I, yeah. Because you can't really say, if I were you. Yeah. You'll never if know. If I were in your position, here's yeah. what I would do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I've, I've, I've had bad advice. And, and after a while, you're just like, I don't. And it comes, I was talking to our friend Allie today about like, sometimes you just need someone. And on my part sometimes i will say it to my friends it's just like i don't need advice i just need you to listen and that's an important distinction of like look i'm stuck creatively let me just bitch for a second i don't need advice on what to do next i just want you to listen mm-hmm. you know and and sometimes that's all it takes but people, well you want people to share space with you emotionally it's yeah. not always about fixing your problems yeah don't fix me just Listen just know to me. where I am. Yeah. Like feel where I am. And then it's like you're validated in where you are because you're not alone in that feeling anymore when you share it with people. Yep. Solidarity. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. It can sometimes be a compulsion to give advice like after that or like say like, here's what I think about that. So I always preface <laughs> Here's like, what I think about that. Like <laughs> versus saying like, that sucks. That mm-hmm. sucks. And listening. So usually what I do now is like I kind of. I'm a little explicit up front with people when I want them to listen. I'm like kind of like, 
I kind of just need to vent right now. Can I vent to you? And usually if I do that, then they'll, they're in a place to listen versus mm-hmm. like go right into that default mode of like trying to fix trying my to fix problems. That. Try being a parent. A 21-year-old girl and having that, like, I am constantly walking that line of what do you want me to take that stance of you want me to just, yeah. like, listen to what you're saying and agree with it? Or what <laughs> point of view actually wants me to tell you what I think about it? Or what point of view wants me to just be quiet altogether? Like, I mean, and that's weird. I mean, we're... It's almost like being married to you. Oh, absolutely. It's better than being married to me because I'll tell you what, I am the first person to say being married to me is the hardest in the world. I understand that. But having a kid, it's like I get that nowadays that I'm like, I am so, I'll be the first person to tell you what I think. Like, I have no qualms about being straight up. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. That's what I think. But I'm walking the fine line with my daughter where I'm like, I've always had that relationship with her where I'm like, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. And he's like, I think you need to reel it in a little bit because she's like 15. I'm like, she needs to learn, you know? But now that she's like 21, I'm like, okay, it's like we can actually, we're actually at the point where I'm like, we can have an entirely intelligent conversation where she's not only my equal, but actually like above me. Like she's, I feel like intellectually and do you feel like you learn from your daughter? Every, once she hit 18, 18 or 19, 100%. Like when she left for college in the past two years, I can't even like, sometimes we have a conversation. I'm like, I thank God she's my daughter. You know what I mean? Like she is educating us on a daily level. But there is times where she'll come to me and I'm like, do you want me to tell you what I think? Or do you want to just vent to me? Because I'll tell you, I, I don't know what you want right now. Cause I will either just be quiet and tell you what you want to hear or I will be we actually were in Costa Rica and I broke down because I'm still a helicopter mom where I just want to please her I want her to be happy I want her to be safe I want her to feel good and there's times where she vents to me and I will come out and I'll tell her what she thinks and it's not what she wants to hear so she shuts down and she she gets mad and she cuts me out and then I get hurt and I'm like I thought you were coming to me because you wanted to know what I wanted, what I think. I, I thought you wanted me to tell you what I think. And she doesn't want to know what I, I think. She wants to hear she wants what to- she wants to hear. But the beauty of her, I, the beauty of her is, so we did this a week ago. We did this in Costa Rica. And he was like, Faith, don't back down. Don't feel bad. I'm like, I do feel bad because I'm not telling her what she wants to hear. And he's like, yeah, but you're being honest. You're telling her what she needs to hear. She, she called you asking for an honest opinion and you're giving it to her and it's not fitting into what she wants to hear. But what happened an the hour, an hour, like, well, yeah, it was the next day. She, I think it was later that night, but I didn't get to the next day. She texted me and she said, mom, thank you for what you told me yesterday. I'm sorry. I came down on you hard because I was like beating myself up because I'm like, I didn't tell her what she wanted to hear. And he's like, no, but you told her what she needs to hear. And then the next day she called me and she apologized. And she's like, I get it. You told me what you thought. And that's what I called you for. It's like, anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean. When it, it comes to me and my daughter, I get super emotional because I'm like, I, I feed into the like, <clears throat> I'm a helicopter parent that like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a parent. <laughs> I don't think you are. I'm not a parent. I kind of was though. I was, but. Apparently. 
while we're getting to the age that she's she's like it's I love when she will come back at me and be like you're wrong or I don't think about I don't think it's this way but so well, she's done that she's done that a lot so I wondered too and let's let's tie this into Sorry, I don't even know where that came from oh that's right <laughs> you gotta say some shit <coughs> obviously I had to get something out but it's also like I look at you know that's a parenting thing of like <coughs> I got lucky where my my mom feed like she encourages the creativity in me she's like yeah keep doing that take a risk yeah what's the worst that's gonna happen you gotta owe some money to somebody yeah. yeah you'll maybe pay it off maybe you won't maybe you will but just do it because that's what feeds your soul and 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 on sometimes like I'll call her on and it's like you're an incredible artist you should do the same you know but it's like that that having that dynamic I'm lucky like I, I have a parent that encourages that yeah like take risks like oh what do you you know like that question comes up what do you want to do and I was like I'll be honest mom I don't know uh, I do know but I don't know like I've got and she's like I'm the same way hmm. so don't feel too bad yeah it that doesn't change yeah well it was like I was saying earlier Some, when I, I don't subscribe to that five-year bullshit when someone's <laughs> like what are you gonna be doing in five years it's like I don't know I hope to be vacationing and like still getting a paycheck because that's my goal like I want security but I want to be able to take off whenever I want to take fucking off and go on vacation. Like, I, I don't have some grand scheme of, like, managing all of you guys. I just want to have a job. I want to be like, managed. I don't. I, I don't. Like, I Manage don't have me. this, like, grand scheme of, like, I want to be in this power position. I just want to come to work and have a paycheck, but be able to take off and go on vacation for, like, three and, weeks anytime we want to go on vacation. And I think that you're touching on what I was talking to you about earlier was that we settle into these paths. Whether it's the path that when we're in our early 20s yeah. and we are able to achieve a more idealistic yeah. viewpoint of the world yeah. um, versus when we're in our 40s, yeah. which some of us and are. And I think for a creative really, too, it's like, I think like mm -hmm. in a creative world, like you are hustling. You're constantly hustling unless you have like a secure... <coughs> nine to five like you're hustling for that next job and it's like about. i appreciate yeah. being able to do that on the side but also mm -hmm. having a job that i can wake up to and go to and yeah. i get benefits and i get my taupe and whatever right. and i can also do stuff on the side and and i think that it's okay to do that no but it's okay to is. also be the creative but it's also like at what point does it stop being like does it suck the creative out of you when you're like that's no longer yeah mm -hmm. And sort of that, balance you have to yeah. achieve. <clears throat> sorry. No. Don't apologize. I, uh, you should I be think, sorry. No. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like asked him a thousand times. Bitch. Okay, no, I think... <laughs> shit. Go, Graham. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, th I was just going to say this goes back to being a masochist. My biggest worry is this dream, this uh, escape that I have to, once again, move to Montana or Wyoming, mm. to be yeah. free of obligation... Um, at the end of the day, and I am so afraid that I will, I will hate the nine to five. Yeah. That I, at my core, am compelled to <coughs> compelled to grind, compelled to hustle, compelled to kill myself in the moments where, the truth is, the job that I currently have, I probably don't have to give as much as I do to it. But there's something weird inside of me that they're not even asking for. That I'm giving them another 120 yeah. percent, and I'm killing myself for it. And really, once again, that's on me. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and part of that's fueled by being a perfectionist. Yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah. It's that stand, you hold yourself to a standard it, that nobody else knows I, about. I, I say, like, Whoa. I say, right? I say, if I'm going to yeah. do this yeah. job, if you're going to, as put long your as name I sit in that. this chair, yeah, uh, I will give the absolute best that I can, and it could kill me. Yeah. And so it's so hard. What I need to learn is how to. I have very high blood pressure. I actually, I mean, I don't know. Do no. you? No, I'm just saying that could kill you. I actually do. I mean, like my doctor said a couple years ago, right. was like you're way too young uh, for how high your blood pressure is. And yeah. so I started trying to figure out ways to, I actually tried to actively at that moment start like getting into more Zen state and realized that I have to actually get so worked up about X, Y, or Z. It got better, but it's still an issue, right? And I know, I think it's circumstantial. Yeah. I think a lot of it's circumstantial. Yeah, yeah. totally. Getting circumcised is oh will raise your blood pressure, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Especially oh my god. as an adult, it's Dad really dude. tough. That was, bad, that was a really bad joke. That was for you. I had to walk away from you, that Gabby. One. Gabby's so out of it right now, she doesn't even know. No, I'm just listening to everyone. No. I don't know who PBR this is, but I know who represents PBR, so I'm going to. Can gonna, you grab me one too, baby? I'm going to. Once, once again, it's my skunked trunk PBR. PBR. Okay. Well, uh, and this is always the point in the podcast. We're about an hour and a half in it, where it's like it, we got deep, and then like you got to make a dick joke here and there, or a whatever joke. Do you have to end it right now? No, we don't. Um, I do feel. I, I don't know. I feel like this is the meat of it right now. At yeah. least like in the last I was waiting 20... for it to actually end so I could ask him some questions. <laughs> some off the record <laughs> yeah. questions. Exactly. No, that's exactly. Ask what... him. No, no, no. Please don't. Please ask yeah. after the podcast. No, exactly. That's kind of what I was like. Can we end so I can talk to him? <coughs> Just kidding, Bender. Yeah, totally. Let's ask him. Our... There's so, always time. It's fine. It's totally fine. See you guys later. No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Um, he's never inviting me here again. No, that's not true. I told him that. I'm like, don't bring me. He's like, you weren't invited in the first place. I'll ask all the questions, <laughs> beginning and the end of it. I will try to be quiet in the meantime, in, the in betweens. I tried. I tried my hardest. Okay. I have a weirdly deep thing I'll try to verbalize, yeah, maybe. Bring it, sorry. Graham. Bring and, it. Well, it has nothing to do with what you're saying. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Bring it. Just think about Noel, right? Um, I, 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 I came from like maybe lower middle class, Texas, right? Very blue collar uh, family, a dad who is still alive and hopefully he never listens to this, who <laughs> very much was a, a practical man, you know, the practical steps, get the job, what's steady, what's stable, that's what you pursue. And I very much in many ways have had to find that balance with like being a high creative and taking one of the most stable jobs that I can think of in Hollywood, like very, like the most stable, place and I often think like oh I'm doing this because of the pressures of of uh, my family and I was taught to be very stable and all these things but the truth is um, it sounds like there might have been some pressures in the same way for you but we handled it very differently right like I felt a certain amount of I don't want to say fear but I felt um, controlled by those pressures and I made decisions based on those and you don't give a fuck and it worked out yeah um, I used to, I don't know, I also have like a spiritual practice and I have some mentors now that are really, really, really valuable. So I've totally changed my, like molded my mind from where it used to be. Like I used to be, like I used to work a full-time job and I worked at night at a bar and I freelanced and I was just obsessed with spending every minute of my day making money. And it was like slowly dismantled through a spiritual practice. And I actually make more money now. 
What was the spiritual yeah. practice? Doing less. I mean, it's mindfulness. It's like a little bit yeah. of meditation, a little bit of like okay. journaling, a little bit of um, questioning your thoughts, things like that. A little bit of like looking at this is the this is the one everyone hates. Looking at how you're just like your parents, and being like, oh shit, <laughs> because everyone hates to hear that. Um, but I I I don't know. It was. I just realized young that what was what everyone around me was doing was not working for them. But I mean if you're if you're lower middle class, I don't really know this like with with people's class status, the idea is really flexible, but I I knew that my dad couldn't keep his electricity on or the heat. So is that like middle lower middle class? Is that like absolute poverty? I know that sometimes he made eleven thousand dollars a year. So in LA, that's like literally pennies, but in Detroit, like most people live below the poverty level. So it was hard for me to judge that there was actually ways people could live where they actually make money, where their power doesn't get turned off. Mm -hmm. They have heat all year. Um, But I just didn't want to be stuck anywhere. Like I didn't want to be stuck like... A lot of my my older sisters too were stuck in relationships with people because they didn't have financial freedom and they're just trapped in this little pocket with like these people and they can't leave and it's because they can't move out they can't get their own place they can never like it's almost like they're just like swirling around in the same environment forever and you just don't change so i didn't i didn't want that like i wanted to have I wanted to be able to, like, choose my life. Like Gabby was saying, I wanted to be able to actually create my life and not just react to it all the time. Do you think that that is an active choice? Like, um, it's almost like being the victim of a circumstance and then you can <coughs> choose to just stay in, in that because it's easier. I think it's a choice, but I know that when you're there, you don't think it is. Like, I won't tell people in that situation that you chose this, never. Because they don't know. Like, they don't, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. They have no idea a lot. Like, most people believe that whatever circumstance they're in, they didn't have a choice. Or sometimes they're like, oh, I could have done something better. But because I didn't, now I have to suffer these circumstances because I made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they have to punish themselves for it for some period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean... That goes to the point, too, of, like, some people say it's, like, it's just, keep it simple. It's, like, that'd be great, (laughs) but there's way too much nuance to Mm -hmm. living the life that you want to live, especially Mm -hmm. creatively. It's, like, in that, you know, coming into it late, it's, like, yeah, there's, it's not as simple as it is, you know, just, well, then just go do it. It's, like, yeah, you know, and, again, the excuse thing, it's, like, no, that's me saying, yeah, it's not that simple, but sometimes it's not either. But, you know, we're complex things, human beings. We're, emo- you know, and it's a quote by Warren Buffett. You know, it's like true power is not reacting emotionally to something, but just sitting back and breaking it down logically and like sitting and listening. It's like, ah. Uh, yeah, like it, because I'm guilty of it. I react, I react, because emotion is the easy, like hit that easy emotions, the emotion button. Let me react emotionally instead of like breaking down logically. And that's something to look into. I recommend for people is not to say like it's the way to be, but 
Stoicism is a philosophy of life of living, like taking everything that's happening to you in the moment and analyze it instead of react, like fight that urge to be mad in that moment and just logically break it down. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing. That's why. Do you think that that works for creative people? It does because there's plenty of creative people that were true stoics they broke it down logically and they're just like it's and here's the thing it's a practice it's not a a discipline like you don't just get it like you have to practice and of course like it's what part of the philosophy is not saying like don't be emotional it's like be emotional but understand why you're emotional about that thing it's about knowing how to where you're you're basically channeling it i had a lunch with a, a friend of mine who is very much like passionate emotional and she was talking about like now as I get older I'm worried that I'm like, you know, I'm I'm less reactive to things. You're so old. <laughs> Wait. You get how old that line again? Wait, just how old just for people let's go back to how old Graham is. Just for li- people I said, but I said, you are old in Hollywood years. I, I said that right. she said I really am. Sorry. Minus one plus sorry. seven minus like ten. I don't know. Uh, what's sorry. the formula? That's, no, it's okay. That's what she was saying. She was saying as I get older I'm less reactive. Um I'm less like uh, I let I react less to those things that are happening to me or life circumstances or when something goes wrong I'm less reactive and she was very upset about it. she goes am I just becoming dull am I just becoming uh, um, jaded um, and I, I was like no that's growth uh, you're learning how to control your emotions it's not a bad thing in those moments where you need to be passionate you need to express emotion that you can channel it better mm-hmm. so I do think it works for creatives and for people that are like very passionate creatives emotionally mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad discipline to learn how to focus that because sometimes, you know, you talk about it, it's good and bad. So if you can kind of channel it, I think it's a good discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I speak from very personal experience. As I get older, I'm okay. <laughs> older, I do get. I've never been so. I've never been. Fuck this guy. Can we quantify what older is? I'm about to I punch mean, him in I don't know. Just Rel- put it in like quarter centuries. His, his Rel- hair is great quarter now centuries. for people listening. Relative to, you know, the You're last so decade. Um, <laughs> every year I continue to learn that. Um, well, now I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'm where the sorry. Fuck are we? I don't know. I thought where I thought I knew we? where we were, but where are we? I'm really, we go? I'm really good okay. at age shaming. I'm, I apologize, Graham. Sorry. No, I think Graham's an age shamer. No, I'm the age shamer because someone. Anytime anybody's like as old as I get, I'm like. Shut the fuck up! I'm sorry, but seriously. I think we with have, your like baby fresh skin, nobody can see his skin. But look at that face. He's not old. He's not like he's not pushing Clinton eyes. Hey, my word. Sorry, we're in a whole nother I realm. Look, from I don't want to get. I don't want to get weird here, but I'm gonna get weird here for a moment get on it. the podcast. Get it. We love it. Get it. I don't know how old you are, and I don't care. But you both look young, to be honest with you. Oh, and when you said that you had, when you going. said that you had a daughter keep, at your age, going. I was like. No, you don't. She's 21. Keep it going. Come on. There's no way. Yeah, no. When I when I met both of you tonight, there's no way. I'm sorry. Stop flirting with my wife. I know. Do you want to go? I'm literally drinking. I'm literally including you in this. Yeah, I will. I will absolutely show you my boobs in a second. Yeah. Thank you. I'm literally (laughs) including you in this, by the way. Yeah, you should be appreciative. The flirting is both of you. Including you in this. Do you know what? Can I? Yeah. No. Okay. So we're your age minus plus 10 years. Sorry. Sorry. Age doesn't matter. Yeah. Let's okay. just, let's just. But you want to talk later? We're, we're but, gonna... but Graham, you know what I was thinking? <laughs> oh, no. I was like, if he had a beard and longer hair. <laughs> we're both like checking like Graham Jon out. Snow. 
Alright, so where we kind of left off is like age. I nice I tried to sneak it in there. Age doesn't matter. Let's let's wrap it up with this. Um, if you were to leave somebody listening right now with with let's say not advice, but just and here's where I would want to leave it is find a balance between your creative life and your real life because it's a struggle and that's you know we all feel that agree disagree i don't know what do you think graham we'll go around the the table so am i giving you my not advice yeah advice? give me not advice <laughs> about counsel so so as you, a, i think you said that as someone who took the lsat i have counsel <laughs> yes your lsat <laughs> you're you're in your own way is is something that i picked up on and I think we can all agree, like, we're always in our own way. I think... Uh, Maybe at least I am, and you are. I think everybody's creative journey looks very different. I think you have to be very in tune with yourself, right? And what's going to work for you and how you're going to kind of uh, hone your creativity in those areas where it's destroying you. What's your compromise? I don't think it's a bad thing to compromise. And the last thing I'd say is you should read The War of Art. Okay. Which I think is the if if this is the not the right title I'm gonna feel like no I'm it is it, no you're 100 um, because I'm, then you learn that that it's the correct you are title. actively you know without recognizing it you're actively hindering your own discipline creativity and productivity and it's really not anybody else. Mm. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stephen Pressfield is the author. War That's of who Art. wrote the work. Yeah. Yes. Noel, you've you've been a breath of fresh air just because you're like I'm I'm I I'll I'll give you a label and don't be mad. You're a badass. Like for for what like I'm getting the I was like she's just a badass. Like she just does her shit and that's that's inspiring too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so so if you were to say to somebody non advice non advice. In, in dick quotes, dick fingers. Mm. Like, I, I, I kind of think you, you've already said it, but I want to hear what you think. Like, if someone was like, what do I do? What, how do I start? How do I, I start something creative? How do I get into that? I don't know. I just... Mm, how to start something creative. You could just say just start. I just feel like people mm -hmm. should really try as best they can to question their beliefs and try to really just follow their own truth. I don't yeah. think you can really give people advice. Like I feel like sometimes people are always like looking like, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you mm -hmm. help me? What do I do? Yeah. What like what is the best like what is the best thing to do? What should I be doing? And I think that those things are all objective. You can't measure it. It's really about the way that you True. feel. Like stoicism is great, but if you don't feel good, yeah. what is the point? hundred percent. So yeah. I think people, as with creativity, I think people should question their, their beliefs as to what makes creativity valuable, as to what makes productivity valuable. Um, and if you are looking for external validation, you might find that when the external validation goes away, you don't have anything wow. at all. Yeah. Wow. Boom. That's pretty much it. That's, That's awesome. Well said. I think that hit home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. that's the people pleaser. A hundred percent. External. No, I'm not. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's yeah. situational, and you can't control everything. Yep. 
That's so. a big one, letting go. Mm-hmm. Not giving a fuck. Not giving a fuck. Do what you gotta do. Gabby, mm-hmm. what do you think? I, uh... You concur? I concur. Yeah. Exactly what she said. <laughs> Same. No, I really I can't days. follow it. Right. Yeah. It feels good. That feels like a good ending point. Yeah. And then the grubs. Hey. <laughs> You guys, thanks for being here. We're just yeah, here. sorry, thanks. We're just here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, everybody. Let's yeah. raise cheers. a glass if you got one, empty or not. <laughs> cheers, yeah. everybody. Thank you for having me. Yeah, first time. Get a lo- yeah, Thank you. come back and we'll uh, maybe we'll just straight tell jokes the whole time next time. <laughs> I promise it won't be so heavy, but it, heavy is good sometimes. Cause you gotta lift weights and you gotta build up some strength. Do it, some strength. Do it, yeah, come on. Mentally yoked. Mentally yoked. We're gonna end on that. Mentally yoked, (laughs) y'all. Good night.